Welcome to the Rolling Stones Studs, a podcast about the baddest boys of the British invasion, hosted by your own bad boys. It's Pete. And PJ. And our special guest. It's Paul. Hey, Paul. Everybody's favorite guest from the first series. Yes, returning guest Paul, who was on our Christmas Beach Boys episode. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Several several lifetimes ago. Oh, I forgot to play this. A Beach Boys Boys production. Whoa, who said that? That's a professional. Wait, can I guess who said that? Uh, it's a professional voiceover artist. You wouldn't know who they are. Yeah, there's. No it was way probably. I'm gonna guess it's Melanie. Uh, I don't know her name. No, oh, we don't okay. know. You know, if I remember correctly, the person I hired her, she was very famous, and her name was Yardley. If I'm not, yeah, I don't know. Yard- I'd, Yardley, I'd never heard of her. <laughs> A Yardley, <laughs> Yardley knower. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome uh, back, Paul. Thank you. We got- yeah, I've decided to put my uh, our long term beef. Um, yes, behind us. As listeners to this show would know, it's amazing you decided to come back after the way one of us treated you on the... We won't say who, but the way one of us treated you on the Christmas show. Well, it see, I feel kind of bad because I don't know what my... I mean, I have not re-listened to that episode, so maybe it was warranted, but I just feel silly oh, so that you've, I you've actually got... You've the, the trauma. Yeah, I, I just feel like... Th- I, there's no way that I should have been... <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like furious, but I was kind of mad. If and I don't really think it was warranted, just because you guys were roasting me on your podcast. Because I was being a dick to you for no reason, and you. Well, yeah. Wait, and you were feeling like you shouldn't be mad about that. Well, now it's like two years later. I'm like, oh, I really don't care. Like that's pretty funny that like they, like this. I was their like first guest on their podcast, and they yeah. made me so mad that I didn't want to come back. You know the the funniest well, thing is that. Uh, you were less mad than Peter was when Jake was on our podcast. <laughs> That's true. Guests guests are hard on our show because PJ, well, maybe not PJ, maybe just me. I like a controlled environment, I guess. It <laughs> so, yeah. either with like Jake, it just went completely off the rails. With you, I decided to, uh, for some reason or another, thought it was a good idea to just <laughs> make sure everyone knew that there's only one funny person on this show, and it was me. And then uh, with Dawit, I think we just lost all humor altogether. I don't know. I don't remember that episode being much of you, anything. You also got really mad after the Dawit oh, episode. Oh, well, that was because... on purpose. You and Dawit teamed up on me just for the fun oh, of it. Oh, fully. So. We were making fun of you because you like the Beach Boys. Yeah. You fucking they were. It really turned into a spit roast situation, actually. <laughs> Tag team, if you will. I wish that you guys released that footage on Patreon, baby. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. we're really against monetizing this show at this yeah. point. So don't we don't need the man telling us what to do. Well, then just email me a video. Okay. Okay. I can do that. We're talking literal. Well, not literal, but like sexual spit roasting, right? Um, What's that? Yeah, we're well. It's when like okay. So in this case, PJ and Dewey would eat. One of them would be putting their their dick in your ass, and the other one would be putting their dick in your their dick in your mouth at the same time. I, like how you spit roast a pig, you put a dick in one all mouth. the way through. Yeah, and you put see, a that's dick in what the other. I meant yeah. is that 
they were like ganging up on me from each end at the same time, like just taking me out, just reaming me from either end. But I guess the way you said it, I mean that it was it. I meant it metaphorically, but it works still. If you're talking about that kind of, I should spit roast. I should look that up. I've never heard of that, but we'll try it. Yeah, just type type it into Google. Yeah. If you have a work computer, that'll be best. Spit roasting not pig <laughs> is the Google search there. I think. I mean, I always specify not pig in all of my searches that aren't pig related. <laughs> I mean, you like to look up the cops a lot, so it's really confusing. Cops, <laughs> not pig. Yeah. yeah. That's how you get to the Thin Blue Line websites. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul, it's nice to have a third P-boy in the group. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. true. I forgot about that. We're fully P-boys. Oh, yeah. I guess that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you coming back to the show. <laughs> we do. and I'm happy I, to be here. We Both of us equally offer our apologies to you all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After two years, you're yeah. over it. Great. Yeah. That's yeah. a normal amount of time. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Paul has listened to every episode of the Rolling Stones stud thus far. Oh, all five that are out? Yeah. Hey, there's nice. seven out. Thank you. <laughs> I'm all caught and up, baby. Paul, yeah. That leads us perfectly into our, our, really our first question for you. I guess the first was, why are you here? But the second for you is, <laughs> what is your experience with the Rolling Stones? Lifetime. Okay, lifetime. I I won't lie and say I have a ton of experience with them, but I, mm-hmm. I think I'm slightly more familiar with them than I was with the Beach Boys. Um, honestly, I don't really remember... Well, wait, maybe I do remember. I think this is going to sound real, like, dumb and millennial of me. Can I guess? But the first... Guitar Hero. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I remember hearing Paint It Black on Guitar Hero. And I, I, like, knew who they were before that, but I didn't really know any of their songs. Sure. But I know that they, they, like, played a... Bill. Mm -hmm. The others. Charlie. Yeah. Ryan. (laughs) Other Mick. Rod. Lug. Ian Stewart. Lug. Alan Klein. You know these names. Everyone grows up knowing these names, but those are household. Did you names. actually know who they were? Um, I think I, I knew who Mick Jagger was. Mostly, I think because of the parody in Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas, um, which I don't remember his character's name in there. It's the first but... and last time that movie will come up on the show. Thanks, you Paul. know, it's weird. Paul and I were talking about that, that movie, movie. <laughs> yesterday. Really, it's true. Um, but honestly, it's on HBO now, and if you guys want to watch it for the podcast, I would absolutely. Now, is that an animated it. movie, or is that the John Goodman sequel? <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's it's a sequel to the John Goodman uh, live action film. And is he in it though? He no. is not. It is played but by. But Mick Jagger is. He's a Flintstone. No, PJ and Peter. I hate to mansplain Flintstones to you guys, but it's a prequel. It's not a sequel. Oh baby. fuck! You're right. What? It is a prequel. It, it's how Fred and Wilma and Barney and Betty all met. Yes. Um, and so originally, the cast of the uh, the original Flintstones live action movie was John Goodman as uh, as Fred Flintstone, of course. Uh, Phenomenal casting. Oh, great movie. Great casting. And then uh, uh, Barney Rubble was played by Rick Moranis. And then okay. uh, I don't remember who played the women. Doesn't really matter. But then I think um, Dwayne Johnson was in it because that's where he got his nickname. 
Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell was Betty that's, in the original. That's one. right. That's right. And mm-hmm. but in the remake, Mark Addy, who is in everything, um, but you probably don't know who he is by his name, plays John uh, plays Fred Flintstone, and then Stephen Baldwin plays Barney. And okay. um, uh, Jane Krakowski plays Betty. Oh yeah. And then the lady from Third Rock from the Sun plays Wilma. Wait, hold on. Jane Krakowski, Third Rock from the Sun, Thirty Rock. My brain is—it's going nuts right here. There's too what many am I numbers. To do with all this information. Anyway, um, Alan Cumming plays a Jane character Krakowski is really by the name of shit. Mick Jagged. It's jagged like a rock. <laughs> I guess. Jagged like a rock. Oh, sing it, Paul. I have to think I'm the first person <laughs> this year to search Jane Krakowski Flintstones, right? <laughs> There's oh, no probably. Well, except for me looking that up every day when I'm wow, with in the mood. Black hair. Interesting. I don't know the Flintstones, but she doesn't look like she's a Flintstone to me. <laughs> I, I don't think. It's she's not well, a she's cartoon. not a Flintstone. She's a rubble. That's true. I They're all Flintstones, you know. Steven We're all Flintstones. It's all Flintstones to me. I have to say... This cast photo legitimately just looks like people in bad Halloween costumes. Like it's not it does not look like movie even bad movie and, level. And Peter that's the movie. Costuming. Yeah. Well, I assume it's called Viva Rock Vegas. So, they go to Viva Rock Vegas. And they of gamble. Of course they do. Of course they do. Do they meet uh Elvis? No, they meet Mick it? Jagged. What are but you getting? Elvis wasn't born yet. Yeah, Mick Jagger has nothing. Freaking idiot! This was Las like Vegas, thousands though. of years before Elvis. You dummy. And Mick Jagger was around then. All right. Sure. So you're not super familiar with the Stones, it sounds like, Paul. Well, I, after that, you know, like I definitely I have some like passing familiarity. Like if I hear like some of the hits, you know, yeah. um, I you definitely own can be like any Stones albums or I don't know regularly listen to any. Okay. You should listen to one that they haven't talked about yet. Evan here in Missoula, and uh, okay. I there wasn't a ton of options, and this was just one of the albums that I recognized the name of. Do you, and so I was like, I'll start with yeah. that. Do you take the stairs up there? Or? <laughs> yeah. I usually find myself <laughs> knock, knock, knocking at that door. Yeah. To record. Heaven. Not, not knocking. It's wide open. <laughs> uh, what would you say your favorite Stone song is? Great, um, great question. I would probably say it's basic. I know, but "Paint It Black" fucking that song rules. Yeah, um, but if I'm gonna go in connection with that very song on this show, wow, Peter, it's yeah. the one song that is a like certifiable Rolling Stones hit that Peter could see for the first time when listening back. Yeah, yeah, could capture um, that. You know what I mean? I think so. I think I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah, I'm glad that Peter just gave finger guns. That that <laughs> goes really well on a podcast. Well, there's... <laughs> Look, we're already over the internet, so there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, and there's three of us, so I'm just trying not to talk over people as much as we might usually. It's cool. I'll fix it in post. <laughs> what? Did you not hear me? <laughs> <laughs> 
you're saying you'll fix four or three people talking straight over each other in post yeah i'll i'll make us all take turns okay i just don't want to do the thing where like i just say okay to you but then it comes like in the middle of your next sentence and then it grounds everything to a halt what oh (laughs) yeah okay so paint it black all right paul that's a good um, choice i think uh, it's a great song thank you i it is really good uh, but pj i have a suggestion for editing you could separate all our tracks and then you could narrate what was happening be like peter said <laughs> i think that's a good then idea. pj said like a book on tape yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's great yeah. that's how all podcasts should be because i want to know who's talking you would love this podcast serial then paul that's really, I would say, the height of that sort of just someone walking you through everything. The whole oh, I've never time. heard of it. Yeah, you would love it. Oh, it was the first podcast. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. It's when really it out, like... kind of our main competition along with What the Fuck. Yeah. With Mark Barron. Oh. Didn't realize this was a cursing show, but. Hey, man, when one of them's named What the Fuck, you can do whatever the hell <laughs> you want on this show, on this kind oh, of, my. on this medium. Oh my god. There's no rules. We just get that little E tag, but you know what? That just makes us sexier. Like the Rolling Stones, you want the danger. Yeah. Inherent Ooh. in <laughs> with the Beach Boys. It drew people in because there was kind of a innocence. Like a yeah, they were like, it's the Beach Boys, but also they talk about masturbating a lot. So <laughs> that's interesting. And then with the Rolling Stone studs, you're like, how could you do a clean show about the Rolling Stones? Like, really they're just doing smack on Mike. oh yeah and so that's how you know it's a good rolling stones show i mean i can see you guys both doing smack right now and honestly it's a little disturbing you're both a lot thinner than i last saw you you're more you're more pale doesn't look like you've been out of your house oh, in Paul, a while. thanks that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what we're going for just gaunt yeah thank you people someone nobody's called me thin lately but that that makes me feel really good you're you're very thin like a wisp mm-hmm Maybe people aren't commenting on it because they have trouble seeing me when I turn sideways. <laughs> <laughs> well, where'd he go? Oh, he's back. Oh, Peter, you did you did the sideways thing. Um, I would say <laughs> since I started listening to your guys' show, The Rolling Stone Studs. Please. I, yes, and talk about us now. <laughs> That's I mean, I just was talking about you, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I surprisingly i really really like the song and i know it's a a cover but under the boardwalk (laughs) that song really got like stuck in thank you god damn it it's fine wait hold on okay so you're saying paint it yes paul and then under the boardwalk is the next song you need to talk about with the rolling stone (laughs) i just wanted to back pj up because i know he really liked it too and it's like an earworm no i don't it is it gets stuck in your head it's just not nearly that good it's his falsetto honestly and you you guys talked about it like he does a great falsetto yeah and they i they've definitely had some other good songs as i've been hearing through throughout your show Um, yeah there are a couple yeah and like that live album too like i really liked uh what was the oh here it is it's my jam but the uh the live album where uh under they started thumb? with Under My Thumb. That was, and I mean, I'm it's really granted dope. a huge like punk rock, fan, punk rock fan. So yeah, uh, that was really right up my alley. You know, the interesting yeah, Paul... thing is like a lot of live albums around the time that that one came out do speed up quite a bit. Like the 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 Beach Boys did it as well, 
Um, mm. They speed up their stuff, and it is very like punk rocky. It's cool. Yeah, you I, think it's because it. they're nervous. I, I think so. Probably the shaking in their boots. If there's one thing I've heard about the Rolling Stones on your show, it's that they're really nervous people. They're scared very shy all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even when they're not performing, they're yeah, they're freaked out. Just you walk in to a room and they all jump up. Ah! Oh. <laughs> on edge constantly uh paul you and i have a relationship with the rolling stones where every year on my birthday you would make me a uh photo collage and then you would (laughs) always set it to paint it black well that's not the only part of the photo collage it it always started with it would say pj willett and then 1994 to whatever year it was to make it look like you had died 1994 to 1997. Yeah. yeah. And then I would also add, like, and longer than this, too. Yeah. But so I wanted it to be kind of somber, yeah. but just also in case still PJ fun. thought he died. <laughs> you just wanted to make double sure he didn't get too confused. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I want people to that know that sense. I know PJ's not dead. I don't okay. want people interrupting the show being like, what people oh, PJ's alive. are watching this <laughs> picture collage? with you that i'm like wait is he dead he's over there though i'm so confused (laughs) so paul um since listening to the program do you are there anything is there anything about the rolling stones that has surprised you Hmm. had you never heard of brian jones before no, I definitely had not heard of any of the members besides Mick and Keith. Um, I'm very oh. surprised that there's a guy named Lug yeah. at all we, in history. Yeah. We talked because that's a terrible name. His name is Andrew Oldham, but, but that's he goes his middle by name. Lug? That's not his, a nickname, his, I don't his, think. his middle think name his is Lug. No, you're right. Yeah. But we just refer to him as Lug. Oh, so he doesn't go by Lug. He might. We don't know. I, think he, <laughs> I feel like he did. I don't know. I think they called him Andrew. Actually, but. wow. I'm not sure. I have been under the assumption this whole time that Luke was what he went by. Yeah. And I was like, that's a fucking awful name. I can't believe this guy did that. So yeah. I'm glad to uh, to get that, that tidbit. I mean, I'm thankful, but also a little disappointed. That's fair. fair. I think, yeah. Fair. Uh, well, that's the biggest surprise then, is that that guy's name is. isn't Luke. I get it. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I guess I was surprised. I had never really like thought about listening to any of their early stuff, so I was surprised at the sheer amount of just like blues covers that they did. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. And like, what was their first name for their band? Like the Little Blues Boys or something like that. Like that's Little Boy Blue and the Blues Boys. <laughs> so <laughs> that's like on the cusp of being just so absurd that it would actually be a great band name, like now. But at the time, since I'm sure they were very sincere about it, like you would never imagine that those guys would. Yeah. Like, you would not think, in like, oh, in, like, you know, 20 years, these guys will be super cool. Yeah, if it, if it was ironic, it's a very funny name for a band. Um, but, yeah, with the sincerity where they were like, we just love the blues, is a fucking stupid name. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine just, like, somebody now starting a blues cover band and being like, I just love the blues. I'm sorry. And then you watch that show and you're never, (laughs) you're never thinking like, Oh yeah, this guy's going to be like, you know, super cool in like 30 years. And like a, just like a sexual powerhouse. Sexual powerhouse. That Mm -hmm. is a good way to describe Mick Jagger, which brings me to our next segment. Rolling stones, hot or not. 
Ooh. Okay, so I'm glad it's good to have a guest for this because usually I don't know if we've had a guest before for Hot or Not uh, on the Beach Boys, but it's good to have some outside opinion on whether these men are hot or not because I think people kind of know where PJ and I come from in terms of our attractions, but now we get a we get a know from Paul. Okay, am I going first or are you guys going to lead me through this? We kind of describe the picture. Yeah. Take it easy, Paul. We'll leave. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Paul's really see. Okay. So, Paul, this is what I was worried about: is that you would come on here and just try and yeah. take over the show, and I didn't fucking let it happen on the Beach Boys. <laughs> but now you're starting it up again here. Peter, do you think I'm gonna like okay. kick you out and take yes. over with PJ? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go the way of Brian Jones. Paul, <laughs> yeah. Paul, that's your first warning. Okay. I like to imagine PJ and I doing this show together because I mean, definitely we could do a fun show, but. I don't think either of us would oh. do nearly as much research. <laughs> Definitely, it would be better. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. I thought you were going to go the other way. Okay, so we have the Rolling Stones in 1969 here. Nice. Um, full color photo, because we got to see, you know what? I just, I really got to see their skin tones. That's That gets me a lot in terms of like, are they a little bit tan, a little bit like they're spending too much time inside? It, this picture, it, it matters. Yeah, I think it probably makes a difference. Uh, let's go ahead and go right to left. Okay, that's a good choice. Um, so that we can start with the newest, brand new, brand spanking new member of the Rolling Stones, fresh out the box. We have Mick Taylor, or Little Mick, as we're going to call him. Um, Baby-faced little 20-year-old on the right. He's got a paisley shirt and what appears to be like a velvet tuxedo jacket on. Yeah. And he has very long like light brown hair which and it's not curly but it's not straight it's, it's wavy it's, it's waved wavy? but yeah. it looks very styled it looks yeah. like it has a lot of hairspray in it, yeah honestly. it looks feathered hair. is that what we call that feathered hair it's kind of feathered it looks very it's dry yes i mean if they were going for He's Brian Jones' replacement, and if they just wanted to replace a guy and have similar hair, I think they nailed it. Oh, fully. Like, he's got a helmet. Yeah, yeah. the helmet head, for sure. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off strong, saying not, not, not. Not interested. Okay. In Mick Taylor in any way. See, I don't want to say not interested in Mick Taylor in any way, because I, I, yeah. I think if he had a different haircut, he'd be a fuckable boy. But, uh... I'm going not as well. He's, the hair is yeah, bad. He looks too young for me. Like, I want someone, if they're young, they've kind of got to be, like, knowing about it. Yeah. But he just looks a little too naive. You want that experience. Right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say not. But, I mean, is it rude for me to call him a, a butterface? Because, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like, if you I cover up his, right on point, his face, like... Yeah, it kind of works. And then, like, the further you go up, you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you can see his shirt is see-through. Like, you can see his belly button down at the bottom. Oh, fuck. So, I thought that was just the color of the shirt. 
No, I think it's. I, I think it's. I think you're I right. Guess it might yeah. be. No, I might be changing mine to hot because I do like. Yeah. I like that outfit, and I like that it's sheer. It's a bold move. Yeah. yeah, sheer. That's a good word. Okay, so we got two knots and a and a kind of hot, a maybe hot. Yeah. Moving on from the youngest to the oldest. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Next we have Bill, in a. What honestly, I mean, it might be a style of the times, but it really just looks like a lady sport coat. It does look like a lady. It's like sport light coat. blue thing with like nine buttons, and then a within three inches, white Henley. Yeah, white Henley underneath, and he's got a real Prince Valiant going oh. on. <laughs> Maybe not as bad as Brian's was at the beginning, but not no, not much but better. Still not great. He reminds me I of mean, one of the Ramones if they were dressed like a mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You nailed that. Yeah. He does look like a Ramon, actually. Fully, like a lot. yeah. Um, who am I thinking of that he... I feel like he actually looks a lot like one of the Ramones. He looks like if Alice Cooper didn't wear makeup. But Alice yeah, Cooper now. that too. Um, I mean, I think there's no way to go except not. So Yeah. No, he's a no. He looks old There's nothing fuck. happening here that's working. No. He also just kind of he looks very unhappy to be there. It's kind of a natural shot. Like I don't think they're yeah, like candid. they're all that posed. Yeah, more of a candid shot, and he just has a look on his face like this is the last place he wants to be. Yeah, it's it's a not for me too. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with both of y'all and not three knots. Next we have Keith, who is in the very back. You can really only see him from the neck up. Yeah, and he has his what i guess will be this, signature hair yeah for like this the is the decade, I think. start of his like weird kind of like rod stewart eat but dark mullet yeah that he has like, yeah mullet yeah. with a feathered kind of bangs happening yeah. and he has this for such a long like i think until the yeah. 90s really okay yeah. it is it's the hair i associate with keith yeah uh richards in my head and he's wearing uh mirrored aviator sunglasses and he's staring up at the sky for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about. Uh, given that I can't see any of his outfit, because last time when we talked about Keith, I did not find him attractive from the neck up, but he was wearing really cool clothes. So I, But I can't factor that in here, so I just still have to go not, unfortunately. See, last time I went hot with Keith, there was like yes. some about him. And this this one too. I think it's because I can't see most of his face. Uh, the sunglasses are cool. I'm going hot. Mm-hmm. I'm going hot. He he's giving me some some mighty boosh energy here. Yes, Noel Fielding for yeah. sure. Yeah, interesting. And well, I do like Noel Fielding. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I think I'm gonna agree with Peter on this one. I'm gonna give him a not. See, yeah. I thought I wouldn't give Keith a hot for a long time after that first one but this one's working for right yeah you catch him at the right angle in the right light yeah his heroin salad skin doesn't look so bad as long (laughs) as you can't see his teeth i think it's fine he's got weird he's got weird teeth okay so then we have mick kind of at the forefront of the photo he's got on some blue pants and a blue button-up shirt and Big old round sunglasses and a straw hat with a rainbow band and some flowers tucked into it. A look that, when you describe it, does not sound appealing. But looking at the picture, not bad. I 
am very in on at least this specific yeah image of mick i uh he's got kind of a half smile on his face that's working for me i like the sunglasses and the like um what would you say uh like kind of not gender neutral what's the word i'm looking for androgynous thank you uh androgynous hat and uh i'm saying hot i like i mean last time mick got me with his kind of coquettish smile and i think it's happening again I'm going to agree. I think hot for sure. I didn't even have to think. He, the eye is drawn to him in this picture. The outfit sounds bad, looks really good. He's got the best mm-hmm. hair in the group. and For sure. He, Which maybe just because it's covered by a hat, to be fair. Could we be. can't see whether he has weird bangs or not. Yeah. But, I bet uh, he does. I bet he Probably. does, yeah. But it's covered with a hat, so that's fine. Yeah, it's a little smile, the boyish smile that does it for me. He's hot. <laughs> I... I like the outfit. I don't. I am really opposed to those sunglasses for some reason. <laughs> like yeah. they really—they're quite—they're dragging the whole thing down for me. And I—I I agree that if if he didn't have those, I would definitely give him a hot. So, yeah. but you—you you can also tell he like thinks it's funny that he's wearing those. Like that's what that smile says to me. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah, this is silly. So what? Uh, uh. Kind of a toss up for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a light hot. He's warm. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That works. And then finally <laughs> The Ringer. We have the best part the single best part of this photo. We have Charlie behind Mick, and he like for some reason is leaning forward over Mick's shoulder and like staring off camera at something. It looks like he's hiding behind <laughs> Mick. Yeah. From something off camera. Like there's a bee. And he's like half in shadow. It's really incredible. There's a bee he saw earlier and like Mick. <laughs> yes, that's you know, tracking like, him I'm, down. I'm not gonna let that fucking thing come near me. He's got strong like teenager energy here who's like he's like <laughs> sees somebody else he knows over there and he's like, Oh no. It's like his mom's friend yeah, and yeah. he's like I he doesn't want to talk yeah, to I them. I don't want them to see me in this cool picture. After this picture is taken, he's gonna dart the other way immediately. So he's got a I don't actually think it, I thought it was leopard print, but I think it's just like a weird um like what would you call it? Kind of like lizard print shirt almost. Like it's just got a bunch of irregular squares on it. Yeah. Um it's and then I like open the shirt vest. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also has bangs. Um but since his hair is less it's shorter, so it seems a little less egregious, I guess. It's still not great, but it's definitely not a good haircut, but it's less bad than the other bangs. That's fair. I am so charmed by Charlie, just in general, and especially in this photo where he's hiding hiding from someone. But I, given that hair, I can't go more than a, a, a warm, as Paul, as Paul said. I think I got to go warm on Charlie. Oh, I'm fully going not on Charlie. Um, <laughs> you know, have you guys seen the Black Cauldron? A uh-huh. long time you, ago. You know that little uh, little guy who's like a little gremlin kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, he he reminds me of that. And while that is charming, yes. he is not a good looking man. Yeah, I actually. So not very hot. The Rolling Stones, at least in this photo. Wait, Paul didn't say 
You, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, Paul, I was ahead. looking up a picture of the gremlin from Black Cauldron. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not far off. Um, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I do like his outfit and uh, just the pose. It. I don't know. It's kind of like uh, cute in a way that like, uh, you know, when like a dog or like a puppy is like hiding behind someone is cute. You know, he's he seems shy, which is kind of I don't know. It's a nice change to see in a rock star, I'd say. So I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him a cute, a warm. I know it's hot or not, but he's yeah. cute, not hot. So not I would I, w- I would say he's the cutest one in the picture. However, Mick is just no, radiating Mick's fuck energy. No, Mick's radiating fuck energy. I think Mick is ra- I think both. I think he's radiant. I think he's cute he, he, and fuckable. He does a he does a good mixture. You're right. Yeah. He's got the like I'm the girl next door, but I'm also experienced kind of yeah. look going on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um so if we go to our other photo real quick, I'm actually unsure about that being in 1969, just because this other photo and then along with all the footage I've seen from Altamont, which we were talking about on this show, um, have Charlie with much longer hair. So I think that photo might actually, but mix in it. So it has to be from 69. So I don't know how Charlie's hair grew out so fast, but, or maybe it was long in that photos from the end of the year and he got a hair. Yeah. I I mean, this could have been like a January, December kind of situation. True. So in the other photo, just Charlie has much different hair, and then we see Mick without a hat, I think, is the main difference. And I mostly wanted to point it out just because Charlie's hair is really bad. (laughs) Can I say... Like, it's much worse than the bangs, I would say. In this picture, I would go hot for all of them except Charlie. This is a way better picture of them. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. This is a black and white uh, with all of them just lined up. I don't know if i would change my thoughts on anything actually really like mick to me is still definitely the hottest i mean that continues especially because he's got his little hip stuck out yeah uh, he's cute very sexy way and then like mick's hair is uh little mick's hair is definitely much better than it is it's much less helmety than it was in the other photo but he still just is too teenaged looking for me and then charlie's hair is awful charlie looks like he's like the evil wizard in some really shitty <laughs> B movie. The Black Cauldron. Yeah, there you go. I feel like he, he looks like a guy who you might meet at like a coffee shop who would like talk to you too much and you would like want to leave, but he's really not reading any of your social cues. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he's like, does this, oh, go well, he's got like a lot of books with him and he's like, oh, have you, have you read this book? And you're like, no. And he's like, <laughs> no. well, you have to. And he's going to, he like lends it to you so that you have to see him again. <laughs> yeah. Does this, uh, does this photo change your mind on any of the other Rolling Stones? Paul? Oh, I would say I agree with PJ in that they all, I would give pretty much every one of them. I think I'd give them a hot cause uh, like Lil Mick, like he, dang, Lil Mick grew yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm saying, or maybe he's not as old now. I don't know, but yeah, yeah like he, they all just look so much better. Oh yeah, especially especially Bill, because Bill in the first one was revolting, yeah. and in this one, I Bill think looks Bill, pretty good. it's just a lighting thing because yeah. he obviously is older, and it just seems like if you catch him in the wrong light, his skin and like the bags under his eyes and stuff look terrible. But yeah, I. uh I'm interested you guys say that because I think I don't think Bill looks that much. I don't think Bill will ever be a hot for me throughout their career oh, unless something changes. This is the one. 
This is and the then one Keith's he hair gets. is much worse to me because it's way longer in the back, but he still has the dumb bangs happening. See, I kind of liked his hair. I was so. like, ooh. Interesting. I think yeah. the black and white is helping with his hair specifically. I, I don't know why, but like you can't really like see how it's all like coming together, so it looks yeah. more like, yeah. I don't know, it looks better to me that way. But maybe if you saw it in well, real life, it would be bad still. Yeah. Well. This has been. That's Beach Boys Hot or Not, and you know, sounds like mostly not, but a little bit hot. It depends on the picture. All right. Let's get into our next segment, Pete. I hear we have a little bit of listener mail. That is accurate. Are you reading it or am I? Do you want me to read it? Yeah. I just... Okay. Yeah. We're just chilling. We're just a couple of bros chilling, shooting the shit about the Rolling Stones, man. Fuck yeah, brother. That's what we sell. That's That's our product, man. It's just our... It's just two bros. Just two studs. And their friend. (laughs) um okay so we have an email this week thanks for the first of all thanks for the email our email is uh beachboysboys at gmail.com and that is where you should email us if you want to email us we also have a twitter that i don't know the at of yeah and also please email us and we appreciate emails and we read them on the show so if you want to you know embarrass yourself like this person's about to <laughs> get in it okay so this email uh came this week your twitter is at and... beach boys boys oh, okay thank you paul wow look at that he must be you must be a really avid follower to just know that handle off the top of your head i do i got tattooed that's, cool. that's why i bought tattoo you because i said tattoo well, i got tattoo me so this email is from it seems like it should be from like our spam folder. It's from Nostalgia System. I don't know what that is. It's not a person, I don't think. Oh, I've heard of that. It's a podcast. It says, oh, okay. Well, it's not signed, so that's kind of confusing. But Okay, it says, hello, Beach Boys Boys. I'm forwarding my previous email to this address because I can't help but notice in your most recent episode that you mentioned that you haven't received any emails, yet here is one that I had sent a month ago. We I'm going to chalk it up that. to you saying your email incorrectly on air, which is probably right. No fault of my own. No, nah, that is your <laughs> fault. But okay. Um, I like that I can just hear the voice of the person who wrote this email. Oh yeah. Either way, if this is in fact your email address, here is some listener mail for you to rightfully roast me with. If this is not your email, then I guess you're never getting listener mail again. <laughs> okay. I we have See, obviously lots to say, but let's go ahead and go down to the forwarded email. Well, first off. I just want to say this is night and day to Nathan's email from a few weeks ago where it was so respectful. That's true. This is <laughs> That's dripping true. with disrespect. Well, and I, you know, they're frustrated. It's like when you've been waiting on hold for a long time uh, on a customer service call and they they answer and they're like, oh, we got to transfer you. And then you get all upset and you start screaming at them. And, you know, it's like we've all been there. I get it. Yeah. So we go, we go down to the February 3rd email. Um, that was, in fact, sent to the wrong email address. <laughs> so, 
But here's the thing. Their second one was sent to the correct email address, which, so it was their fault because they knew they sent it to a different one. They weren't just sending it to the same one twice. They sent it to a correct email address the second time. So they realized they fucked up and sent yeah, it to the correct that one. That is through no fault so of, all of our the snark own. is fucking unnecessary. Yeah. Nostalgia system. Also, sign your goddamn name, you coward. <laughs> okay. The email from February 3rd. No introduction, no hello. Just, yeah, first time listener, first time caller. <laughs> That's a, that's an introduction. Previous, first yeah. time listener, first time caller. You don't hear that often. <laughs> yeah, right. As the biggest stinking weeb that listens to this show, I can't help but notice a significant lack of discussion surrounding JoJo's bizarre adventure. Whatever that is. Is that an album? Particularly regarding Part 5, Golden Wind, which featured the stands Beach Boy and Rolling Stones... I'd love to hear an episode that covers this and really would reunite the classic rock scene with degenerate Weeboo, much in the same way Hirohiko Araki did. Is this person drunk? <laughs> What's happening? I think I can what translate this. JoJo's a bit. bizarre adventure. They're speaking. Yeah, Paul, to you me. might. I I have. I understand that you know this person, so you might have a little bit of insight into what this person was trying to say. Yes, and they explained this to me at one point. <laughs> Uh, uh, when they were telling okay. me they were sending you this email. Um, so JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is an anime. And in the anime... What's that? What? What's that? It's a... Did you say animated? Like an animated yes, show? Yes, exactly. I'm not okay, going to okay. describe it any more than that because I don't know if I would be able to do it justice. And I know the person... Is that the anime that's sexy? It could be. I've never seen it. But so the stands that they refer to are like monsters that fight for them i think this is my recollection so there is a monster that someone has that fights for them that is a rolling stone and then there is another one that is a beach boy i think is that what the email said that's what it says and so they had a a beach boy oh wait there's something hyperlinked are there oh my god there's a jojo's bizarre adventure wiki page on yes oh, great the beach boy stand and the rolling stone stand so uh it's like dog fighting but you name your dogs after a band well i think the point was that there's sounds like there it. are stands that are not either of those things there are stands that are like a gun or there's stands that are could be a dog um yeah the beach boy stand of course logically i think we all immediately thought this is a fishing pole with the words beach boy written on it. <laughs> I thought yes, it would have heads. been a beach ball with like, like that looked like a Muppet, like with a mouth. Yeah. You would think <laughs> that's the, the best rolling idea stone takes on the appearance of a quote, normal rock, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how one defines normal rock, but interesting. Okay. Which okay. is the, so both of the we podcasts know what this that is. you guys have had. I don't know if you put that together yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I I mean, I got that part. I was just really hung up on this person explaining this animated program like we were all supposed to know what the fuck it is. <laughs> um, Okay, so... This is like when great. we try to talk about producers from the uh, late 60s, early 70s, and people are like, they have not discussed this person yet. Who is that? Yeah. 
Well, it sounds like this email solved their problem. Like, they wanted it discussed. We've discussed it. That's true. It's done. Great. We don't have to go any further on this. Damn. Uh, and then they end with a shameless plug. We will not plug whatever this shit is. Um, <laughs> but we will give you time for plugs later if you want, Paul. Yeah. But not in an email. Come on, guys. No. no. That's the, the, you don't want to whore yourself out to us. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to send us like, um, oh, read Pepsi's the best on our podcast. Oh, but yeah. you just said it. And then oh, that was the plug off. the whole okay, time. Thanks for your time. Bye. From Nostalgia Entertainment System. Like, sign. Use a name. Let's come on. Come on. Are you saying that can't come be a on. name? <laughs> I doubt it's a name. That's Although apparently up. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the name of something, so I guess Nostalgia Entertainment System could be something. What we're what we're learning from this email is anything could be a name. Yeah. So. To be clear, our podcast is beachboysboys at gmail.com. It always has been, and it always will be. And if you send an email to thebeachboysboys at gmail.com and don't hear back, do not send a snarky follow-up email. <laughs> Forward it with an apology, okay? Yeah. Own up to your mistake. Don't tell us we did something wrong. Yeah, That's don't bullshit. say through no fault of your own. I mean, do you think it's yeah, possible on, that you man. said the wrong email address the first time and then that's why they sent it to the wrong one? No, couldn't have been it us. It is possible, but honestly, I feel like every time I think I do that a lot and I think every time PJ pretty much corrects me. Like, So it's really who you want to believe, you yeah. know? Look, that's exactly. why I came on this show was to find out the truth. I'm an investigative journalist now. Oh. I've got your balls oh, to the so wall. So you would love idiot. cereal. Yeah, you're nailing. Yeah, nailing I was just pretending not to know what cereal was. Turns out I've listened to it all the way through. It turns out you're oh Sarah Koenig. Oh, so you know the that it doesn't end. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I meant all There's the way no through so <laughs> far. Yeah, that's true. They're gonna release a new episode. That I they were still waiting on the last episode oh, of that show. God. It's so exciting. I gotta know. Who was the Boston Bomber? (laughs) (laughs) They got really off track. Yeah. Uh, Well, that has been (laughs) listener mail. To repeat, we want listener mail. We appreciate it. (laughs) But to write us listener mail blaming us for a problem that is definitely on your end is not the way to go about it. So, but we want listener, but we appreciate any listener mail, no matter what. Any any other listener mail or is that it? I th- I believe that was it. Oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, Paul. Achieve a milestone. Fun. You're pre-selected. Apply today. Milestone gold mastercard. <laughs> Exciting news, Paul. Whoa. I must have gotten your mail by mistake. I forward all my mail to you so that you can see oh. it and make sure it's nothing to out there for me oh speaking of mail actually in the mail i did finally receive my rolling stones <gasps> candy bar wow. oh my god yes is that a this week or a next week thing um it might be a next week thing. i think that's a next week thing because okay. i don't want to be eating do you think it'll chocolate. keep pj what's the expiration date on that chocolate bar let's see i hope it's already expired <laughs> <laughs> Well, it had to ship from England. Yeah, how was the uh, hey, airmail? Did you get the cool, like, Queen Victoria stamps on it? No, it came in a very nondescript, uh, like, bubble mailer. And then inside oh. the bubble mailer was another bubble mailer. 
Whoa. Um, well, you got to double bubble so that it doesn't break in half. That's true. And nobody gets pregnant. Um, I was very confused because the best before started with a 30. And I was like, what the fuck does this even mean? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's British. Those Brits. You're still getting used to foggy old London. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you live in London? Why did you have to get it mailed from so I far know, away? I know. And I'm so confused about the dates of everything. Well, Paul, if you live in England, if you're ordering something from England, they have to send it to America first and then back to Oh, for yeah. like an inspection? It's, it's international no matter where you live, if it's international to America. I see. Um, the things you learn. It is best before uh, January 30th, 2022. It's good for a okay. while. You got some time. We'll try to get to it before then. Yeah. I do love that all of their signatures are on the back as well. Oh, oh my it. god! You gotta frame that wrapper when you're done. Dude, frame oh, the no. whole bar. <laughs> Never eat it. So, I ordered two: one to eat and one to frame. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been listener mail. Oh right, post. I forgot about that. Well, PJ and Paul. Do you guys want to take a, a short break and then come back and talk about the Altamont free concert? The what? I would love to. Uh, you know, it sounds sounds like it's going to be a good thing. A free concert in the park? That's a nice thing to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. The Rolling Stones, they really went out of their way to give their fans a solid fist bump of a show. They care. It's uh, It was a really uh, sharp move on their part. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Well, we will be back. Sam, we need an ambulance. Yep. We need a doctor by that scaffold there. If there's a doctor, can you get to there? Okay, here we're gonna we're gonna I I don't know what to do. Here we get to really like the end. Is that just what the video starts with? And, like, Oh my god, it's a good thing this is 50 years ago so we can laugh this hard at it. Holy shit. Let's just get into a groove. Come on, we can get it And welcome back to the Rolling Stone Studs, where we have our guest of honor, Paul, here today. That's right. Um, PJ was relegated to the high chair today, which, despite it sounding kind of similar to the big chair, being called the high chair, it's actually for babies. So, high know. babies. It's a little embarrassing. Uh, and then I'm, but I'm alone at the adult table. Okay. So, this week, we're talking about Altamont. Paul, are you psyched that you didn't actually have to listen to an album all week to be on this podcast? I mean, no, I, I, well, I am excited to really have to do zero work to prepare, but I 
it, I would have gladly listened to an album. That's uh, work I enjoy doing, for sure. But I, you can ask uh, my podcast co-host. Uh, I really like to not have to do anything and just go on the podcast. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll have you back on the Tattoo You Sure. Episode. That's a great idea. Yeah, you'll be over it. I'll be then. balls but deep in Tattoo good. You. We'll get your most honest opinion. <laughs> Um, so we're talking Altamont. How much do you, either of you, both of you know about Altamont? I know quite a bit about it. Okay. I know very little. I mean, I know when PJ asked me about this, he asked what I knew. And I said, is that the one where the hell's angels stabbed somebody? And he said, yes. So, you know, the most important part. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's, that's <laughs> the only thing I know. It cool. gets crazier from there. Paul. Right. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead. Let's just get into it. I'll kind of lead off and, uh, you know, jump in. Jump in, PJ, if I'm saying shit that doesn't line up. There's just like every single Rolling Stone story we have ever talked about. Um, there's like six different versions of everything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if I'm I'm mostly going off the book I'm reading, but I did do a little extra research to try and find some more details. So, but there might be... Uh, I thought you were going to read yeah. your uh, your uh, high or your no. <laughs> college. Did you read it back and you were like, "This can't go." Uh, no, it's just I honestly think I might have basically written it off Wikipedia, but in the research paper way where you like scroll down to the links at the bottom and then hit those and then like say you took your info from those, but really you just rewrote the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is basically what the show is already, which I guess means that it would fit in perfectly. But no, I'm going. I'm going a little bit off that, a little bit off the book, a little bit off everything. So Okay, cool. So last week we caught up with the Rolling Stones in December 69 when Let It Bleed came out. Um, Ultimont happened just around the same time, actually. I think a day after or something, Let It Bleed came out. Let me double check on Let It Bleed's uh, release date. Ultimont was on December 6th. Yeah, Let It Bleed came out December 5th. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> timing, I also man. didn't really realize that lined up as much before now. But um, So that summer and fall of 69, the Stones were on their biggest U.S. tour that they'd ever done. Uh, they had Mick Taylor in the lineup. All their Every member had a visa to work and travel in the United States. Um, That's nice. And they were playing... Yeah. Yeah. That's new for them. They're playing sold out arenas every night. And at the time, they were charging the highest ticket prices for a rock group. Do we want to do a little guessing on what the highest. This is. Now, this isn't the base ticket. This is apparently like the best ticket you could get was this price. And I am assuming we're in the days before anything like VIP sections were a thing. Yeah. It was literally just seats. Like it was probably like upper seats, lower seats, floor, and those were the three prices. Oh, so I want to say seven dollars and fifty cents. It's a good guess. You're very close, Paul. Do you have a guess? Nineteen sixty-nine. It was eight dollars and fifty cents for the best seat. Nice, Paul. Uh, I believe I read somewhere that the Doors had like the previous highest ticket or something, and that was about seven dollars. Um. 
So which stuff, oh man. that's eight fifty is about sixty bucks now, which is still low. <laughs> for it, yeah, and like an arena show, like you could get arena show tickets for that, but it would be the upper seats, you know. Yeah, I think the most I've paid for a concert ticket was, oh no, never probably mind. Probably Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. I forgot about that one. That one was like McCartney all, was expensive. I I was on the floor, like front row, yeah. and it was like three hundred dollars. I think I paid almost. I think I paid in the ninety-ish range for a top uh like upper tier seat at the back of the arena yeah so. that was a weird concert because you and i were like hanging out the whole time and then when the concert started we just separated <laughs> we went to opposite ends yeah and you know what i'm sure it was amazing down there but like it was that's not that wasn't a big enough uh arena where i still i still felt i didn't feel cheated out of my money that's good you could you could still see without the screens i guess is what i'm trying to say really Okay. I I just did an inflation calculator thing to see what 850 was in 1969 compared to now. And uh now that would be that rounds out to uh about $60. We yeah. uh just said that. Oh, I was good. definitely <laughs> typing that into the calculator while you guys were talking. I'm sorry. No worries, Paul. Jeez, no wonder you were so mean to me that first episode. I probably did shit like that. <laughs> so so, um, did you see me trying to be nice and just be like, yeah, that's, yep, yeah, that is $60, Paul, and then moving on. I, wasn't trying to I was surprised you didn't say anything, and I was like, I, I gotta be the guy. I mean, right. I thought I was good, because I was hearing you guys talk about going to see Paul McCartney, and I was like, cool, I'm still in the conversation, yeah. I'm not lost or anything, even though it I haven't said anything that. in a while. <laughs> so, I'm not gonna type anything think, more. I think I'm gonna you be responded to it. I think you went, okay. <laughs> So these high ticket prices got them a little grief in the rock and roll press. There are a couple of columns about, you know, is this, are they overcharging for concert tickets? That kind of shit. Um, and Mick and Keith and the boys w- were kind of hurt by it. They took it personally. They were like, we're not bad people. We're just charging a dollar fifty more than anyone else has charged for the same thing to try to make a lot of money, but that doesn't make us bad. Uh, and so they decided to follow in the footsteps of their Hyde Park show that we talked about last week and yeah. Woodstock, which had happened in August, I believe of 69. Nice. And uh, hold a free concert at the end of their tour as a kind of thank you to all their fans. Well, that's yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a free concert? Yeah, exactly. Um, so they decide on San Francisco, and I'm a little unclear why, because I think I read somewhere else that their tour ended in, like, Alabama or something. It didn't... I was thinking that that's just where their tour ended, so that's why they decided to do it Peter, there. Peter, um, you're in yeah. San Francisco. I am in San Francisco. That's right. We're in my backyard. I thought about driving out to Altamont and then didn't. Yeah. How <laughs> far? it's really far away, and it's apparently really shitty okay. out there. Peter, give us exact up. directions from your house to Altamont, please. Well, PJ, I'd probably uh, jump down Highway 1 and then uh, merge onto 280, and then i take 280 down uh, until then I lose track. I don't know what yeah. other highway it would so be. You... I actually wouldn't. I'd take the Bay Bridge, and then I forget the highway in the East Bay that I would take. What's Bay Bridge? In Livermore. What's that? I said, what's Bay Bridge? That sounds nice. <laughs> Let's look at... 
<laughs> the Bay Bridge is the Golden State Warriors logo. And that's I a think that sexy logo. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking basketball logos, it's the sexiest of them besides the bull. <laughs> I want to fuck that bull. Were you just trying to get me to do the Californians? No, I was trying to get you to give us directions to your house. Oh, it's 580. That's why I was so... Because there's 280, 880, and 580 are like the three interstates. And so that's why I got confused. Oh, and 680. It's great. And 780. And 80. In case you weren't confused yet. So many numbers on this show. So, you guys are a couple of eggheads. Yeah, so you take the Bay Bridge and then take 580. It's about a little over an hour away okay. from San Francisco. <laughs> so they settle on San Francisco, though. And... Oh, well, I was going to say, because it's... I thought it was the end of their tour, but I'm unclear on that. But then also they were trying to kind of position it as like Woodstock West and yeah. San Francisco was obviously the center. Yeah. Well, like hate Ashbury with LA, but San Francisco was a center of the music and cultural scene at the time. So they decided to do it there. Uh, their tour manager, Sam Cutler, who will come up a lot in all of this, uh, started looking for a venue. It's a pretty good name they, for, uh, for this episode <laughs> yeah uh started looking for a venue they had like two or three venues fall through until i think only like a few days before the concert they finally secured altamont as the venue damn this is a, a real wayne's world two situation <laughs> that's right paul that's right so altamont speedway which is a racetrack uh yeah outside livermore california that um livermore the i barely yeah. know her more that the owner liverpool livermore <laughs> the stones offering it for free because he just wanted the publicity for some reason but i don't know why i don't know it's kind of weird i don't know why the publicity of a rock concert would help like a racetrack so whatever so the they took it because they needed it at the last minute and it was free but the site was apparently awful um it was just a big hill it was and the stage would be at the bottom of the hill it was totally open without any trees or anything around it uh there were no buildings or shelters at all on the property and there was just like a single windy road in and out that sounds like the um, perfect venue for a concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then the specific day of the concert, it was cold and really, really windy. So that helped. Conditions. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, when they actually got to the concert, they had barely any bathrooms or, like, then they just had tents for stuff, you know, uh, a medical tent that did not actually have any supplies in it and the stage ended up being about two and a half feet high what is this ultimate or at the bottom of this huge hill yeah right yeah would you rather the concert doesn't happen or that a bunch of people die at the concert which one both (laughs) um cutler got the rest of the bill together out of mostly i think all san francisco bands except crosby stills nash and young 
uh santana jefferson airplane the grateful dead and the flying burrito brothers hell yeah brother Okay, so, let me let's just talk about the lineup for a second because <laughs> yeah, please. That is the weirdest six bands to pair with the Rolling yeah. Stones. Yes, I mean, except for CSNY, it kind of makes sense. Well, and then I guess I'm unclear on whether the Flying Burrito Brothers were based in SF, but that was Graham Parsons' band who was yeah. friends with them at that point, so that makes sense. Right, it but makes then, sense as knowing each other, but if you went to that right. concert, you'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. God, I love all this folk music, and then the fucking right. Stones come on. Yeah, yeah. So it is It is a very interesting lineup, and especially I think the order they went in was Santana, Jefferson Airplane, Grateful Dead, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and then the Flying Burrito Brothers, and then the Stones, which like so you the just get softer lineup. and softer until the stones come out. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that they would like <laughs> Santana. I feel like probably makes the most yeah, sense. Yeah, go to come Santana right before, the before the stones. Yeah, maybe they didn't want this little man. Probably the to, hardest rocking of yeah. all of them. Maybe they didn't want him to show him up on his guitar skills. Probably. Beep, 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 um, Whoa, that was pretty good, PJ. Thanks. They also needed to get security for the show and this is i guess well before the days of like actual concert security companies existing or any security companies yeah true so they basically either could hire off-duty cops or fuck the pigs yeah exactly or that i mean that was kind of their only choice that um was apparently unless you hired other security which as we'll find out in a minute basically doesn't exist yeah so that's basically what you did is you would pay off-duty cops to do it we, we have talked about how somebody has been stabbed at Altamont already people already know mm-hmm. that the listeners already know do you think if it was um cops instead of hell's angels more people or less people would have died oh <laughs> uh, hard to know it's i mean there was no shortage of cops uh beating the shit out of people in the 60s but yeah. it does feel like or the 70s or the 80s or the 90s 2000s yeah. 2010s 2020s it's it's hard to know but about i think it might have come out even <laughs> Just um insane. so but they they didn't want cops uh for many reasons so cutler met with the Grateful Dead's drummer, who palled around with the Hell's Angels. That was What's that? that was, oh, um, have, yeah. What was his they name? Have two drummers, Marty. Let me check. I have it written down later. Mickey Hart. Ah, okay. Yeah. So he goes up to Mickey Hart's ranch north of San Francisco, and meets as with we learned a from couple... the Beach Boys, going to a ranch in California is always, <laughs> always a good a great move. idea. And he meets with a couple Hell's Angels. So the Hell's Angels were regularly at Grateful Dead shows in the Bay Area. Um, and I guess if people don't know, the Hell's Angels were started in the Bay Area, California, and around I think the early mid '60s. I have a fun fact about so, the Hell's Angels, real quick. Sure. Um, yeah. So after they were founded in the Bay Area. They uh, like you know spread out uh, worldwide, 
And the reason that they uh, branched out from the United States to the United Kingdom is because George Harrison was good friends with a lot of Hell's Angels, and he oh. invited them over to the UK to like hang out with him. And then yeah. they like bummed around on this floor for a few months, and he's like, "You guys gotta fucking go." Um, <laughs> wow. And then they just like stayed in the UK, and they were uh, yeah. the Hell's Angels in the UK. That's very interesting because I saw reference to um, the Rolling Stones being interested in hiring the Hells Angels because apparently Hells Angels had done some security at the Hyde Park concert, the UK branch of the Hells Angels, but apparently the UK branch was like very tame compared to the American Hells Angels. They were... Makes sense. uh, According to the thing I read, they basically were just like a... Like actual club motorcycle club motorcycle nerd yeah. yeah but like n- with none of the gang or like violent associations that yeah so actual hell's angels more are. like the wild hogs and less like the motorcycle gang <laughs> yes, that the wild hogs right. face off against in the that's movie right, yes wild hogs so yeah so the stones thought that that was kind of what they were getting into with the hell's angels but anyway so the Hell's Angels were regulars at the Dead Show, at Grateful Dead shows, and what they would do is just sit on the edge of the stage, like in a line, basically as just a buffer to prevent people from getting up on the stage or like people knocking over amps or stealing equipment or anything. And they were usually paid by the Grateful Dead in beer. Hell yeah! So Cutler showed up at the. That's yeah. how I like to work. Cutler showed up at the ranch and met with them and agreed to. According to him, he agreed to that deal like we're gonna give you beer you're gonna come to the show sit on the edge of the stage and make sure people aren't like bum rushing the stage he denies the idea that they ever discussed the angels being any form of like security quote unquote it was really supposed to be more of a you're just there to provide a like just a little wall of bodies yeah Yeah. so they were they didn't Um, know about like fences or anything like that at this point they were like well that was not Paul, in the 60s, you got to understand, there were, you couldn't get fences. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? This is a Denzel Washington movie? <laughs> it went right over my head. So the, the head of the San Francisco branch of the Hells Angels, whose name was Sonny, I don't know if it's pronounced Barger or Barger. Barger. We'll say Barger because it's funny. Okay, Barger, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> is it Barger? It is Barger, yeah. Okay. He barged so right Sonny into Barger. that poor girl's abdomen. Um, according to him, they were explicitly hired to be security and, you know, paid in $500 worth of beer. So basically who knows exactly what was said. Uh, There's a lot of different interpretations about what they were hired to do and whether they were supposed to be paid or not. Um, Hunter S. Thompson wrote a book about the Hells Angels because he lived with them for like a year and a half. And, Mm -hmm. uh, him and Sonny Barger also had an agreement that Sonny Barger's, uh, he said, can I like live with you guys and hang out and write about you guys? And Sonny Barger yeah. said, yeah, if you give us two kegs of beer. And then nice. um, they got in an argument uh, because Andres Thompson saw one of the Hells Angels hitting his girlfriend, which he was fine with, but then he kicked a dog, and he was like, that's not okay. <laughs> um, and the, Yeah, I don't know. What a book. Um, this is incredible. But then um, they were mad because he hadn't given them their second keg ever. <laughs> and so then they went on like nice. – a Dr. Phil-esque show in like the early 70s and they like they talked about it and then the Hells Angels were like you never give us our second keg and he was like you guys ran me out of there <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then they were just That's demanding awesome. that he buy them a second keg 
Yeah. Well, that's yeah. They they hold grudges. These Hells Angels. Apparently, it turns out. I thought they would be real um, nice guys. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. They're called angels. Yeah. Yeah. So a quick aside, by the way, about Sonny Barger is I just think PJ, you will love that his motorcycle was named Sweet Cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I think I found a new name for my motorcycle, boys. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. (laughs) Just Mm. so on the nose. So no pun intended. So and real quick, in case um people i don't know who are like less familiar with altamont and and all of this the like there was at least in like san francisco this weird like tenuous alliance between all the like hippie rock bands and stuff and the hell's angels because they were both like these uh what do you call it like kind of extremist not extremist but anti-society groups yeah and like, so like the idea being like we're both kind of after the same thing but in different ways we're both outlaws and the weirdest one to me like living in the age now and me having read that hell's angels book when i was in high school is that the grateful dead and the hell's angels hung out a lot which yeah, is like that doesn't, two opposite yes. things that doesn't but, add up yeah it's yeah it's very yeah. interesting but like they found they apparently found a lot of common ground with acid both oh, yeah. groups did a shit ton of acid yeah the hell's angels loved acid um and then yeah we're just very like current society is not the way we want to live but yeah. in kind of separate-ish ways um so yeah so in that way too like since the grateful dead kind of vouched for them the rolling stones were all in and... i'm surprised they hung out with jerry garcia too ethnic <laughs> so the night before the show uh mick and keith helicoptered in to the Altamont grounds from their hotel. Damn, that is a cool and, entrance. Like, yeah, no yeah. matter what happens, well, like, that's t- fucking right. Tell that to Kobe. Oh. Well, so all the bands helicoptered <laughs> in and out, I think just because there was the one... Entrance? The one road. windy road? Yeah. yeah. And so they, yeah, they apparently flew to an airport, like, in the East Bay somewhere near, like, a 20-minute like, helicopter right away, and then took a helicopter from there. So they helicoptered in and walked around the grounds just to like check it out and got like a, you know, crowd of fans hanging out with them. And supposedly Keith stayed the whole night, just like wandering around and sitting around campfires with people and stuff. Hmm. Um, The next morning, the morning of the show, uh, apparently laced acid was being handed out Uh, around to everybody. Laced with what? laced with strychnine i think i read oh and there's like a conspiracy theory that it was the cia or some shit you know trying to ruin the hippies so that they could whatever but also just probably bad acid oh and then um yeah and like i said it was cold i don't actually know how cold in like around like 60-ish is probably normal in that area for December, but I assume colder than that and windy and... Yeah, so it's a bad day, basically. (laughs) Uh, The Stones show up at 2 p.m. I think the concert starts around then. Okay. And uh, when Mick lands, he's punched in the face on his way to his trailer by someone (laughs) in the crowd. (laughs) 
Who just like runs up and punches him and says, fuck you. Um, Is there any context ever given to that that you found? No. no. (laughs) Somebody hated the Rolling Stones? Just like literally someone ran out of nowhere, punched him in the face, like yelled at him and then ran away. See, that's my favorite compilation to watch on YouTube, but usually it's Nazis getting punched. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently they were like going to go find the guy and Mick was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. So he knew he did so. something to earn that punch. That's what that tells me. <laughs> I guess. He's like, yeah. no, no, that guy's totally right. Yeah, he knew what it was about. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I was like, that's Marianne's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I deserve that 100%. It was actually just Keith. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before any of the music even starts, there's fighting in the crowd already between the Hells Angels and some of the people Everybody uh, in else. the crowd, attendees. So weird. Um, supposedly because the crowd starts knocking into their motorcycles that for some reason, this is fucking crazy. For some reason, the Hells Angels parked their motorcycles in front of the stage thinking it would create like a barrier people wouldn't pass. But also, no matter how big your motorcycle is, if there's like thousands of people standing there, that shit's going to get knocked over so easily. Like it's not... And you're at a concert. People are shoving into each yeah. other, even at like the best show, and people are going to be falling over. Everyone's on drugs and drunk and shit. I could see. I rode my motorcycle to work yesterday and knocked it over yeah. on my own on accident. So yeah, I I could see yeah. though like the Hell's Angels being like, well, everybody knows not to touch our bikes. Like they know not to mess with the Hell's Angels bikes. We'll yeah. put them there, and then people will be too scared to go up to the stage. And I'm sure a bunch yes. of these people were dumb kids who were like. I don't know who the Hell's Angels yes. are, so they're going to, of course, knock him over. I see. Not only drunk was, kids, yes. but, like, drunk I mean, and high, dumb hippies. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like, people who never have thought about a motorcycle <laughs> in their life or the Hell's Angels, unless they've right. done acid with them. But That was definitely their <laughs> goal, but obviously it didn't work at all. Because, like, yeah, they immediately start. Like, supposedly one guy kept, like, poking at it, and a Hell's Angel was like, step the fuck off. And then he, like, poked at it enough that he somehow like hit the seat spring bar into the battery underneath and like shorted out the battery, <laughs> like caused a bunch of like sparks and smoke and shit to go up. And then the guy started beating him. And now is that so. that guy's fault or is it the guy who built the bike's fault? <laughs> yeah. It seems like, okay. A hell's angel like is a grown man sitting on that. Like if that seat is that close to the battery, how is it not? Whatever. Was that Steve Urkel anyway. who, poked it and then after yes. he did it like the battery shorted he was like did i do that <laughs> yeah pretty okay. much i figured urkel would factor um, into this somewhere yeah yeah you've been waiting the whole so <laughs> i have a quote from sonny barger about it where he says i ain't no cop i ain't never gonna pretend to be a cop and you know what i didn't go there to police nothing man they told me if i could sit on the edge of the stage so nobody would climb over me i could drink beer until the show was over and that's what I went there to do. But you know what? Some cat throws something and bangs my bike, or some cat kicks over my bike. He got a fight. <laughs> so that's that. Also, I read somewhere else um, that they finished all $500 worth of beer before the show started, but I'm <laughs> unclear on whether that's true or just like I mean, a legend. But How many were there? Right, exactly. And like, how much buying were... power is $500 in 1969? Like, how much beer is that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's actually not that surprising. I don't know exactly how many there were, but say there were, like, 15 of them, maybe. Yeah. 15 to 20 of them. And then, yeah, like, even if that's a few cases of beer, they're guys who would be 
just drinking them like water yeah. at that point. So that's yeah. all they do. They just like ride motorcycles and drink beer and, uh, and then stab people and do heroin. But you know, yeah. So Santana's first. They fight during his set. Great. Jefferson Airplane comes up next. Okay, Can, still fighting. Okay. You know what? If you're fighting during Santana's set, I get it. Yeah. You know. But that's How where do you it fight stops. During White Rabbit Man. Um, so during Jefferson Airplane's set, uh, Marty Balin jumps into the crowd to try and break up a fight at some point, and one of the angels hits him and knocks him unconscious. Marty Balin? Yeah. That is um, hilarious to me because have you Paul, are you familiar with Marty Balin? I have no idea yeah. who Marty Balin is. Google a picture of him and tell me how surprising it is that he tried to fight a Hell's Angel. So, oh, and the Hell's Angel's name was Animal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Marty Balin is like a five foot two I mean, they're all kind of willowy dudes. He was in fucking Jefferson Airplane. So It it is hard to tell his height from this. I don't know. It doesn't seem that weird. But knowing he's five two, that is very surprising. Uh, Another member of the, of Jefferson Airplane, like, sarcastically apparently thanks the hell's angels during like on mic for knocking him out and then one of the hell's angels jumps up and grabs one of the mics and starts like yelling at them and shit and yeah so that that goes well that's what you want in any concert it's just for anybody who wants to can just like especially the security can jump up on stage and just start giving their opinion on Mm -hmm. what's going on (laughs) that's so far this sounds like a basement show uh, like a punk rock yeah. basement show. It's run just as well, if not yeah. worse. Oh, I mean, I would say worse because the fights there are more just like moshy. Like everyone's kind of like fine at the end. But here, yeah. there's the Hells Angels. We'll get into it, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so while Jefferson Airplane is playing, uh, the rest, some of the Grateful Dead are already there. The rest of them show up in a helicopter get off the helicopter bob weir's like they're beating up musicians <laughs> and they all get back into their helicopter and leave fuck yeah bob weir yeah they're like get word okay we're not playing we they know the angels well enough to just stay the fuck away bob weir I once guess. again being the voice of reason in the grateful dead yeah um so and then i'm actually unclear whether crosby stills nash and young or flying burrito brothers are next but either way i think it was flying burrito brothers were the set Again, not sure on the order, but they were the one set where supposedly there wasn't any fighting, really. Okay. Like, they'd calmed the crowd down somehow. During Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, supposedly... I will say... Supposedly... Okay. Oh, go you go ahead. I was going to say... No. Supposedly... Sorry. Let me go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. So, Graham Parsons does seem like a perfect mix between a Hells Angel and... Yeah. Like, you know, the hippie crowd Just of San Francisco. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, he'd, like, impress one of them by being able to, like, I don't know, cite the specs on their engine or something. Yeah. And they would just be like, oh, all right, this guy's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then, yeah, during Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's set, apparently one of the angels stabbed Stephen Stills in the thigh with a broken <laughs> bicycle spoke. <laughs> they have knives. Um, Why use a spoke? <laughs> I know. Well, they're using, I mean, yes, they do have knives, but they also famously use, like, cut-off, sawed-off pool cues to fight. And then they have motorcycle chains uh, as well, like, to yeah. whip people with, I guess. So, that's great. Wait, so they're sawing the stones, off pool cues? 
Can't yeah. you just use what a you, regular pool cue? Would you use the cube? thick end or the thin end? Because the thin end could be kind of whip-like. I, I bet the like, thick end. It's more like a club, right? right? Right. My guess would be the best way to do it would be not saw it off, but break it over your knee, and then it's like the sharp. It's sharp sure. still, too. Maybe that, And that's too. more intimidating, but probably also harder to control. That's true. But, like, because especially because who's going to have a pool cue if they're not, like, at a bar or something? You know, they have to do yeah. that beforehand. Why not a baseball bat is my question. Right. Yeah, that would make a lot more, more effective sense. all around. Baseball back with well, a nail through it, you know. Once you Classic. say the the thick end of the pool cue, now I'm thinking it's like just the last foot of it and then that's small enough they can just like stash that Put in their inside jacket. their jacket or something. Yeah. yeah. So, it's portable. Yeah. A portable club. Uh so the stones then go on late. Uh, because Bill missed their first helicopter <laughs> for some reason or another. So he only showed up at about seven, which was, I guess, like an hour or so after they were supposed to go on. So also the crowd's getting restless and more stoned and drunk and, you know, it's, it's not good out there and making them wait isn't making it better. But they do go on just after seven. Uh, by this time it's dark and even colder and worse. So basically they don't get through any of their song, like their first six or seven songs. They can't make it through without stopping a few times to try to break up fights, to try and soothe the crowd. Um, At several different points, they start playing just like random. They just like start vamping playing like cool out music um, to try and get people to calm down under um, the boardwalk right exactly <laughs> and people are uh, loving it at one it. point keith like so the, but they're determined to stay for some reason or another at one point though keith does like talk to one of the angels and threatens to leave uh if they don't stop fighting and barger claims that he pulled his gun on keith and told him to keep playing or he'd shoot him <laughs> Uh, but no one, uh, this is according to my book, and the author couldn't find anyone else to confirm that story, but. It sounds like something he'd make up. It does sound like something he'd make up. Like, But Keith gave like a weirdly vague non-answer when asked about it, not just a no, that didn't happen. So it, it seems to me like maybe Keith didn't remember. But it also That's seems like possible. if somebody pulls a gun on Keith Richards, it doesn't seem like he's going to do what you want, you know? Yeah. Um. Do we want to go ahead and do play a little bit of the sympathy for the devil video? Yeah, let's do that. You... Uh, and talk about it because that's a really good example of them being interrupted by fights and like trying to calm the crowd down and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. And we hadn't mentioned yet all this. There's a ton of footage from Altamont because the stones were being filmed by documentary filmmakers during okay. this tour and during Altamont for the film Gimme Shelter. So, yeah, there's a lot of good video. That girl's real into it. Yeah, she doesn't she, give a shit about a what's going to happen. There was a girl just right. like nodding her head around. Wow. The Hells Angels are pushing people. So like, yeah, the angels are just like standing. It's fucking nuts because they're just standing on stage like in front of the rolling stones and obviously they're trying to like either start or break up a fight yeah so they don't really care but it's just crazy that like if you're in the crowd you're not even oh who's this guy in the leather jacket talking to mick 
Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, but Mick is, like, not singing. He's, like, so concerned about what's happening. The rest of the band right. still going. Yeah. Hey, people. Hey, brothers and sisters. What is the hat that that guy is wearing? Is he the Hells Angels guy? Like, oh, the yeah. Weird... It looks like he has, like, a weird wolf head yeah. on. Oh, my God. Do you think that was the guy who was at the Capitol hey, insurrection? Sisters. <laughs> He's been around for longer than you think. For a long, long time. Come on now. That means everybody just cool out. And so now here's a video of Mick watching the footage. Do you think instead of naming it Get Your Yaya's Out, they should have called it Just Cool Out? (laughs) Brothers and sisters, cool out. Big cool. Uh, also, Mick's wearing this insane right. shirt that's half black and half red, and it's got, like, these there? ribbons at the sleeves that all go right. all the way to the floor. It's just it the it's fucking nuts. And it's so ridiculous looking when he's, like, huh? standing next to a bunch of Hells Angels. <laughs> that guy, right. okay. that Hells Angel that was just wearing that cowboy hat, all right. mm-hmm. looks uncannily like me. Cool. Yeah. Do. Did you see that? I missed it. He'll probably come back up again. That guy? Uh, something very funny. No, not happens that guy. When we start that number. Yeah, this time a little funnier than. Oh, dude, that girl's back into it again. The same mm-hmm. nodding girl is back into it. I love that they just restart, although I guess they don't know they're going to have to restart it like six times yet. So. Yeah. Oh, man, Charlie's stressed. Oh, man, that Hell's Angel wants to fuck that girl. Oh, so now we got an angel dancing with him. That's fun. <laughs> Are they putting an amp up on stage? See, there's just a lady who's totally naked who's trying to get up on stage, too. Hell yeah, brother. Oh, one of the angels is grabbing another angel and pointing to something. I think the Hell's Angel wearing the wolf hat is Sonny Barger. Oh, really? I think so. They're stacking amps up on the stage to try to keep people from getting up there, oh, I think. interesting. Like a barrier. I missed that when I first watched it. <laughs> There's the dog. The dog There's sounds the dog. pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty solid for everything that's happening. Yeah, right. Like, this is a good version of this. Oh, that might be Sunny Bar directly. Oh, the guy with shorter hair? Yeah, that's Sonny Barger right there. Oh, yeah, and the mustache. Oh, it looks like he wants to kill Mick. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Jesus, he's giving him the death. Oh, my God, that was John Lennon. Dude, it, like, knowing what happens at this concert and, like, seeing mostly the Hells Angels just being really intense, but then it yeah. will, like, zoom in on a hippie in the, in the crowd being like, oh, fuck, this is so good. They actually get pretty far through. I thought they got interrupted soon. Their second track. I've left a concert for less than this. Don't know why they're staying. Like watching this video, I can feel like the like awkwardness of the situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
it's fucking just tense to watch. Yeah. Because, like, the Hells Angels, like I said, like, they're just standing in front of the stones, yeah. just, like, stalking in front of the stage. There's the and, naked like, lady. Yeah, it's... Oh, there's the naked lady. <laughs> Nobody wants to touch her. I know, everyone's... Everyone's a little weirded out. She must be really... Oh, she's really far gone. Oh, oh. Those, those people hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Lady, we're just trying to enjoy the stones. There's a zoom in on mixed crotch. She's like grabbing him by the face trying to get up on stage. Yeah. And not only this woman topless, completely naked. Like, yes. Nothing. Who hasn't tried to get on a stage naked, though? We've all been there. That's true. Together. Yeah, you make a good point. I believe we're coming up on the stopping. I feel like it's around the stop. Ooh, cowboy hat guy. You know, for how, like, badass the Hells Angels are, nothing is less badass than having, like, matching outfits. <laughs> yeah. I hope they don't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when Disney gangs took it up at some point, then what company are you really <laughs> Um. Oh, so the guy in the cowboy hat, uh, the guy that you were just talking about, Paul, his, his face is very similar to mine. You didn't see it there, but... Um, uh, the so we're at a point, I think, where Mick's just standing there. Like, he's... I mean, it's the solo, but he... Is like watching a fight, I think. The and somebody's, somebody's trying at him. to talk to him. Oh, someone's talking to him. Um, He's like, I can't hear you that well. Not a great show so far. Little dance. Yeah. <laughs> Could you do under the boardwalk? Yeah. Give the fans what they want. Um. Play Route 66. Have you guys written brown sugar yet? <laughs> Play something off Tattoo You. I will say, and this is something I say. <laughs> this lady's just oh, crying. She's just crying. <laughs> I will say, Charlie's killing it. And I have said yeah. that every episode. But, like, amongst the, you know, like, danger and everything that's happening... Still oh, killing it. There it goes. Another fight. Yeah. This is where they start carrying someone. Yeah. Oh, they made it through the song. Look at that. <laughs> Who's fighting what for? <laughs> I like that he's asking what for. Some yeah, he's like a teacher. He like walks in and is like, okay, now who didn't turn in their <laughs> Why are we... And that's the that's it. Oh man! All right. So you kind of get a tenor. You can look up. There's plenty of YouTube videos, but you can kind of get the tenor of the the show. I think from that. Um, it's just uncomfortable. So, yeah. 
so um yeah so really they just end up being trapped like both the stones and the crowd because no one knows what the fuck to do with the hell's angels and they're all scared of them right um and so like if it's true that they're threatening the rolling stones to keep playing and they're beating the shit out of the crowd then it's like nobody has control of this situation at this point this is the hell's angels concert right exactly and so the stones are like i guess we just have to keep playing because if we leave like we've already been threatened not to leave and then the crowd i mean i don't know i guess are you gonna leave i guess you just try and get to the back where the fights aren't happening i don't know but then you can't see the stage yeah yeah exactly or that naked lady trying to get it i'm trying to get it i'm trying to peek her butthole exactly (laughs) the old brown eye the Let's conservatively call it the low point of the night. Yeah. <laughs> Comes when Meredith Hunter, uh, this young uh, African-American dude in a who wore a lime green suit to the show. Um, Sounds cool. Starts getting into, yeah, starts getting into it with the angels and they start shoving around. He pulls a gun and they and one of the angels alan pissarro uh knifes him about five times in the back jesus and takes him out in the middle of the crowd um so it's a little unclear so sam cutler the tour manager guy says that he told mick and keith that someone was stabbed in the crowd and like i think you should fucking go now (laughs) this concert should be over uh another thing i read from i think it was from mick from like several years later was that they didn't know what had happened they just knew something like worse than the fights they'd been able to see from the stage had happened but weren't aware that like there was a dead kid out there so i don't know they they probably knew um so yeah so cutler immediately jumps up to tell them that they should go and both mick and keith decide they should stay because so worried that it would just turn into a full-on riot if they run away at that point so after cutler tells them that somebody got stabbed is that when this happens Mm -hmm. i think so so that that's like immediately after Mm. at the very least um the the thing about mick during this concert is he's wearing like a wing you know, like those Red Bull wingsuits? He's, like, wearing one of those, kind of. <laughs> but, like, after this tragedy happens, he's, like, wrapped up in it like a blanket. And it's, like, kind of yeah. cute, but also, like, really terrible. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then, like I mentioned earlier with the medical situation being really bad, one of the doctors who was, like, on site for it later said that basically all – he's, like, our whole medical setup – was just to help people who are on bad acid trips and he's like which 90 percent of the time was just like making sure they had a friend to sit with them in the medical tent yeah and then he's like we had some like drugs to help with like whatever psychosis to like calm them down but he's like when i got called over when this dude was knifed like he's like there was nothing we had nothing like we had nothing except gauze and tape and shit Oof. and so they immediately had to get like a helicopter ambulance thing flown in but suppose i think he wasn't pronounced dead maybe until they got him to the hospital but he wasn't breathing when the helicopter got there so unclear um so in terms of i was actually unaware of this until 
in my book, it mentions this, and I, it didn't say it, I think, in other places I looked, so I'm unclear on how common of a thing it is. I always thought Meredith Hunter pulled his gun out just because he was getting, like, beat up and so was trying to defend himself. Yeah. Um, but supposedly uh, Cutler and a couple other people think that, say that he pulled his gun, like, before the fight started and that he was just trying to shoot uh mick basically like he showed up at the concert to shoot mick and then got stabbed afterwards so i fully don't believe that i don't either it's really weird it's a weird thing to think like i know mick was increasingly like worried about getting assassinated for some reason yeah (laughs) in his life so like it feels like it plays into that kind of paranoia but I think what they're going off of is supposedly after Hunter was stabbed, he was laying on the ground and Alan Pissarro, the guy who stabbed him, was like, why the fuck do you have a gun? And he went, I wasn't trying to shoot you. And then he was like, well, don't pull a gun if you're not, you know, whatever. But hmm. supposedly that's what he said. So, um, But he also just could be saying that because he's like, I wasn't trying to shoot you. I was just pulling out my gun so that you'd stop attacking me maybe. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, Hunter, I guess, he was in, he was a drug dealer who was part of this, like, gang in Oakland. So, like, it just doesn't seem crazy, crazy that he would have shown up with a gun just as, like... Just to have a gun. That's kind of the life he lived. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the Hells Angels notoriously, like, do not like anybody who's not white. That, too. Yes. The... (laughs) The N word was used in a quote in my book from one of the Hell's Angels. So, ah, yeah, cool. It's, you get you get that going on. And you, um, well, you think yeah, too if so his too. goal was to shoot somebody too. He since he had a gun, he probably would have shot someone. He would have done it instead, yeah. especially if right. he already had it out. Also, right. like look at how easy it looks like to get to the front of the stage here. Like if he was going to yeah. shoot Mick, he'd get to the front of the stage, fucking shoot him, and leave. You know. Right. Um. Oh yeah, but he, I guess he did get a couple shots. I was also unclear on that because like there were references to him getting a couple shots off, but then like in the video, which pretty clearly shows everything, it doesn't look yeah. like he ever. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I've never heard that. Right. That too. So apparently it was, I think it was in a quote that some, again, like right after he got stabbed, just someone heard someone in the crowd go like, he fired his gun, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, Rolling Stones stay. They get that ambulance coming. I think, you know, the medical team shows up and takes him away. Uh, and they decide to keep playing. And they finish out the show. Supposedly, uh, I actually don't think I ended up watching anything that was after all this craziness. But, like, it kind of calms down. <laughs> a death, I think, can do that. Yeah. Uh, can sober people up a little bit. It calms down, and apparently the show is... Or the music, I should say, is really good. <laughs> and I think the the book I was reading, the author attributes it to just like they're scared shitless, and it yeah. somehow like like they just turned they just turned into the music and played like an amazing show after that because they didn't know what the fuck else to do. So. All that yeah. raw emotion. Well, do you want to hear a little mm-hmm. bit of under my thumb that happened after that? Oh yeah, let's do it. The crowd is calmer, less fights, it seems. 
do you think they slowed it down a little bit on purpose? Probably. Did a slower version to try and kind of calm people. I instead of playing an upbeat. I can't imagine staying at a show after that. Like, like looking at your friends. Like, right? somebody got stabbed. You guys well, want to stick around? Yeah. Okay. Right now in the I video, think... they're pulling one of their motorcycles up out of the crowd. Yeah. Well, I that is an interesting point, Paul. I think there's a couple things about that, which is first of all, like Woodstock, it turned into a thing where like people just abandoned their cars on the highway on the way and walked in. So like, I don't know that it was just like walking to the parking lot and driving away. And then also, not that this necessarily would have stopped anyone in 1969, I think from driving, but everyone was so fucking high mm. that it just like, yeah might not have really seemed like a great idea to all go jump in Timmy's van and get out of here, but I don't know. But I kind of agree with you, Paul. It does seem like... Just leave. Like, I don't know. Like, even yeah. in the second or third set, like, when people are still fucking fighting, like, every two minutes, it's kind of kind of wild to stick around. See, I think you show up, Santana plays, and you're like, oh, there's Hell's Angels here. You fucking leave. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But, and, yeah, unless you're unaware of you can't who the, the Hell's Angels are, though. I mean, maybe but, at that point you were, because I don't know how widespread their reputation was. I bet this probably helped. It's in San Francisco, though, oh, or, sure, which sure. I think they had, you know. Yeah. Mm. Or they were people who'd been to a bunch of Grateful Dead shows with the Hell's Angels that were fine. Oh, yeah. And were like, that's oh, probably they're a little the, drunk yeah. tonight, but it'll be fine. Like, they've never killed somebody in a show <laughs> Do you think somebody used that specific example? It's like it's not like they've killed somebody. Yeah, someone in the back was like, "I'm yeah. nervous. Let's go." And it's like, "No, no, no. I've been to a lot of those Grateful Dead shows. They don't they don't kill people. Yeah. They might just beat you up if you in, if you like get into a fight with them." But like, just don't get you into think a fight. They're going to kill somebody. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um Damn. So the Stones, the minute their show was over, they ran to the helicopter. Uh, they packed 17 people into their helicopter. It was apparently rated for 10. Wow. <laughs> because everyone just wanted, like it was all the, all of their like stage manager yeah. uh, people, like a couple members of the bands who had played earlier, like just everyone wanted to get the fuck out. Uh, so they got in Fair enough. Somebody just fucking died. Yeah. How'd there they- were three other deaths at Altamont, aside from Meredith Hunter's. Uh, two people were hit by a car and died. Unclear whether it was on the scene or later, but um, and then another no, person I think, drowned. I think "car" is just what one of the, the Hell's Angels are is named. <laughs> oh, that was a nickname. Yeah, yeah. it's ironic because he rides a motorcycle, yeah. and he was very small. Yeah, my other car is a Hell's Angel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and that's his wife's bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then another person drowned in an irrigation canal, <laughs> apparently, while they were basically passed out on acid, I think. Damn. So. I know I shouldn't have laughed yeah, at that. I feel bad. I think if I, I remember bad, correctly, but... I read somewhere else, like, this is an old memory, so maybe this is wrong. I didn't read this, like, today when I was getting ready, but they drowned. It was, like, in two inches of water kind of thing. Like, they were literally just passed out face down. Oh, yeah. Drowned in that way. Um, you know, a common theme within our podcast is people drowning to death. A lot of people drowning to death. Yeah. So, the Stones get back to their hotel. They decide, they were all in shock, I think, of course. Um, yeah. But decide to leave immediately. 
because they're worried about being sued or getting arrested, which I oh, think is fair. They pulled the old a Ted fair, Kennedy. Yeah, a fair Called worry. their lawyer before the police. Uh, yeah, so apparently Mick told Sam Cutler, the tour manager, that if he stayed, they would pay for his hotel, they'd get a lawyer, they'd like pay for the legal bills if he stayed to figure it all out. They left, and they never talked to him again. <laughs> Classic. He, yeah, he apparently did not talk to the Rolling Stones until, like, decades later, went to a Stones show and, like, was, you know, friends of friends with people and got backstage and said hi to Keith, and Keith was just like, oh, what's up, man? Yeah. And, yeah, it was great. Do you think that that guy he figured said, out how to time travel and then went back in time and punched uh, Mick Jagger? Like, yeah, that's maybe what it was. maybe and that's the guy. Nick yeah. Simon was like, "Oh fuck, I, that's right. This must be real." That's in Back to the Future too. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they played Johnny B. Good. Yeah. So we'll appreciate as a you know fledgling Rolling Stones fan here his quote uh, Cutler's about the Rolling Stones was, "There's one gentleman in the Rolling Stones, Charlie, who I love. The rest of them, I don't know how much style they've got." Fuck yeah, dude! Whoa. Charlie's the man. So. So after the Rolling Stones were gone. Uh, Cutler decided to go hide out at Mickey Hart, the Grateful Dead drummer's ranch, again, uh, but was an idiot because that's the guy who's friends with the Hells Angels. So I don't know why he thought he should hide out there. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, because the next day the Hells Angels show up, <laughs> uh, looking for him, and tell him he had to come to Hells Angels Court. <laughs> I imagine that um, is one shirtless man with a baseball bat. Uh, no, it's much better than that. Uh, it's, he gets dragged to a house in San Francisco where the presidents of all the California chapters of Hell's Angels sit up on a dais like they're the fucking Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently, like, tries to start talking and they just tell him to shut the fuck up and, like, stay in the corner. <laughs> and so apparently they're mostly, they were mostly concerned about the fact that one of the Hell's Angels killed somebody and that there was a documentary crew there. So oh, that's yeah. what they wanted to know about. Um, so yeah, so they want to know who was filming and why and all that. So they, but Cutler makes it out of there. And I don't think as far as I know, there's another thing with Meredith Hunter, but in terms of, I don't know, like California police getting involved with the fact that the Rolling Stones held this concert and got people killed. Like it doesn't appear to ever come back to bite them or at least not that I found. And the like fellow that sued by, yeah. What about the guy who stabbed Meredith Hunter? We'll get we'll get to him. Okay. We'll get to Alan later. Um so the Angels learn there's a documentary being filmed. They contact the documentary filmmakers, the Maisel brothers, I believe. Um so the Maisels were part of like the first movement of documentary filmmakers who would film their documentary and then they'd film people watching the film as part of the documentary to like show their reactions. Yeah. So they'd already filmed Mick watching the Altamont footage. Uh, they'd already filmed a like California Highway Patrol officer, I think, watch some of the footage of the stabbing. Um, so they agreed to show it to the Hells Angels as long as they would like let them film them watching it. Uh, they show up, they get told they cannot film them watching it, uh, and then get the shit beat out of them before they leave. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um but apparently they did show the angels the footage and everyone cheered when Meredith Hunter was Oh, stabbed, Jesus so. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, he pulled out his gun way, way before. Right. Fuck that. 
So Meredith Hunter's mom, I believe, uh, sued the Stones for $500,000 for the death of her son. Yeah. They settle out of court to pay her $10,000, which that's good. You yeah. should always pay less if you are responsible for a guy's death. Yeah, directly Just responsible. Get out of that as cheaply yeah. as possible. Um, and then Alan Pissarro went. I think he went to trial, uh, and it was like 1971 by the time it all got finished. Yeah. Uh, and he was acquitted on. He'd argued self-defense and was. Oh Jesus Christ! Acquitted. So um, if the cops had shown up, it would have been the exact same thing. Probably. Yeah. Um. Yes. Exactly. Uh, but then he did end up going to jail for marijuana possession <laughs> for like 10 years. Um, and then to add a like weird conspiracy wrinkle to the whole story, after Alan Pissarro got out of prison in the like late 70s, early 80s, uh, soon after that, he was found dead in a lake with $10,000 strapped to his back in a waterproof bag. Whoa. Wow. So, yeah. Killing from, you know. What if it was the mom? That'd be cool. Right? Yeah. I know. It's kind of nuts. Um, and then the last, the very last amazing detail about Altamont <laughs> is that uh, the my book mentions finding this FBI agent uh, who worked like it was in the, worked in the region, in the California region, in the 70s, said that they did keep tabs on the angels wanting to, to kill the stones like having hits out on them um and apparently at one point got kind of close they planned on killing mick in 1979 when he was staying at andy warhol's house in montauk oh wow and they had planned a bay of pigs style attack where they would like (laughs) take a bunch of boats up to the shore at his estate and then jump off and you know sneak into the house uh but all the boats capsized in the water and they abandoned their plan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So. Yeah, they're motorcycle but riders. They're not boaters. Like, very hearsay. I Yeah. I, yeah. Take that with many grains of salt. So <laughs> Wow. That ever happened. So that is the Altamont free concert. Wow. Damn. Hey, free like, show's a free show though, dude. I know, Hell yeah, right? brother. Yeah. There's no price better than free ninety nine. <laughs> it's like it's like a beer at a party. If it's free, you drink it. Yeah, even if a Hell's Angel mm-hmm. gives it to you and stabs you, and there's strychnine in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you take that beer and you don't complain. Nope, nope. It's uh, it's one of those things that I'm like amazed the Rolling Stones came back from. Yeah. At all, like it really should seem like less has ruined. Being- yeah more careers exactly and i guess maybe it's just because like they're musicians where or i think they could like technically separate themselves enough from it i mean yes which is what they like i think that's why their tour manager like swears up and down that he never hired the hell's angels and all that like i'm sure that was all of their post uh post concert um agenda yeah um was i mean they definitely did distance themselves from that but like the fact that i don't know yeah you'd think someone like aside from just the one guy's mom like somehow should have come back to bite them more it's really nuts fully yeah so 
like really <laughs> the only real damage that it seems to have done to them is the fact that it just made them not actually like dangerous anymore um because they had actually like held a <laughs> very dangerous concert with like real evil people at it and were like clearly uh in this you know huge documentary yeah film being like scared scared out of their minds so right they like lost the rolling stones edge kind of but yeah well my thought on it that, is the rolling stones while they held this concert and made bad decisions it's not their fault really it seems mostly like their tour manager uh cutler yeah. uh cutler's fault and the hell's angels fault where like you know, like I think that they did really shitty stuff trying to distance them, distance themselves from it afterwards. But like that guy who was like, "Oh, fucking Hell's Angels, great idea," and then yeah. um, he, the Hell's Angels themselves just being incredibly violent and not knowing how to, and parking their motorcycles up front—that's fucking dumb. <laughs> it's like, like I I understand the Stones, like I would like, obviously it, feel it, terrible. Yeah if it was me up there but like also looking at them in that documentary obviously scared as shit like right yeah it's definitely it's not directly their fault like there were just there were too many decisions made along the way that were off yeah uh for it to like really be directly anyone's fault yeah i would say it's but indirectly like, if their you're fault, the certainly. organizer of the concert at the end of the day like you probably need to answer for a little bit more than just yeah. settling out of court for like a tenth of the amount that less than a tenth of the amount that his mom wanted yeah um like just having zero responsibility except to probably kind of reform to some degree how concerts were held right and that's what we that's the good thing out of this they built higher stages after this bigger barricades yeah. Exactly. They didn't hire Hell's Angels anymore. Well, sometimes if they needed it, but like no, most of the I time. actually wonder. I don't think I ever. I should do a little more digging and maybe come back with this next week. But I wonder if like the Grateful Dead hired them again, or whether they kind of severed their relationship after that. Like, because that'd be pretty nuts if you like went to a Grateful Dead show like the next February and the Hell's Angels were there, and you're like, aren't these the guys who killed yeah. somebody at the last show? They're like, they promised they like, wouldn't. They said they'd be cool. Yeah. Right. We just had to give them more beer this time. <laughs> yeah it's they like said if we doubled the amount of beer they wouldn't kill somebody now so it's like if you worked for a company and then you killed a guy and the company backed you and then you didn't yeah. nothing happened and then within that same company a lot of other people killed a lot of other people <laughs> and they just kept using you, you is know? this company like a gang um you could say that they all wear blue okay. yeah nice well that's Ultima. I don't yeah. even know what more to Fuck. say. Wow. That is crazy. That's been, yeah, that, that's been Ultima. That is a wild <laughs> ride. Legitimately, maybe the craziest thing in like rock and roll history. That concert. Yeah. I see. I'm I've never sure. delved this deep into it. Or at it, least but... like the darkest thing in rock. And well, roll it was after this that they were like the '60s has ended, right? Well, right. That was the whole thing too. I mean, it was yeah. also in 1969, right? So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the '60s literally are. Yeah. Yeah, they're I mean, they're over. Uh, Paul, I mean, it actually um, 
excuse me, it actually ends uh, in 19, at the end of 1970, and then uh, the beginning of the 70s is actually the first uh, of 1971. Oh, fuck. So that's really how decades work. So Damn. Yeah. Dropping some knowledge on my, okay. my noggin. Do I get that right, or is it technically the other way? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I'm was i ready to believe you. Honestly, the way you said that, you pushed your glasses I feel like up. That was a thing yeah. in 2020, like just on Twitter, where a bunch of people but like i never knew whether it was a joke or some real like pedantic asshole technically a decade is from like one to ten years instead of no zero to nine you know it's called the 70s because it starts at 1970 the 70s actually started in 1968 not a lot of people talk about that yeah you make people you know the decades really yeah the 80s really didn't end until like 1991 oh we're still in the 80s and then the 80s didn't even start till Madonna came out with her first album. Everyone knows that. And you know when the 90s ended? Surprisingly, 2019. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's nuts. That's why when there was Kurt a nine Cobain in there. actually died. Yeah, exactly. The last nine that will ever be in a year. <laughs> Hopefully. We can only hope and pray. Well, well that's crazy. I think that's a successful Rolling Stone Studs overview of Altamont. The craziest thing to ever happen in the Rolling Stones history. You know, and my favorite part is... It's all downhill from here. My favorite part is I didn't actually have to watch a video of the man getting stabbed, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a rough watch. There's just actually video of that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so now next time when we come back and talk about Sticky Fingers, you can just listen to all of it knowing that these people were like somewhat responsible for several people dying. Exactly. (laughs) And then through that ear, Wild Horses is even more beautiful than normal. All right. Uh, Paul, you got anything to plug before we go? Um, Hmm. I do, actually. Uh, So I have a podcast uh, with my friend Josh. I know. It better not be about the Beach Boys, Paul. We oh. already had to cut off fucking other people. Are we going to have to bleep your name? <laughs> it is not about the Beach Boys. Um, okay. Wait, is it about the Rolling Stones? I mean, the, the only way it worse. is is that we have mentioned your podcast on our podcast. Oh, oh, really? Well, yeah. Thank you. What have you That's said so about sweet. it? Well, I plugged it because I was listening to it. It's a piece and of shit. No, oh, Josh and I were both talking about how we both have been listening. Um, Josh being my I co-host. Know, it's, jo- it's surprising that Josh listens because he... Uh, I have an affinity for everything from the 60s to the 70s and like design wise I don't love stuff after that he is very in the now so mm. it's surprising he listens to this podcast oh yeah he uh, we're also mortal enemies yeah that's true uh, but anyway our podcast is called Nostalgia Entertainment System uh, where Josh and I talk about oh. things from the oh. early 90s and early 2000s um, that's fun yeah it's uh Wait, so does that really start in like 1992? Like when yeah. are you talk when does the 90s it start? It starts Paul? When would you say the 90s? The start? 90s weirdly start on September 11, 2001, <laughs> which is That's Wait, that's when they yeah. started? No, that's ended, when they maybe? started. I don't no, know how okay. that worked out. But <laughs> Wait, so when are the early 2000s? The early 2000s, well, that's that. now. Oh, okay. the early 2000s nice. now. Ah, so you get to talk about the golden age of television. Yeah, well, you know, we're talking about like uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel. We're talking two and a half men. Two and a half men. We're we're talking uh, Booba from PBS. <laughs> yeah, nice. we're talking Sid the Science Kid. Well, that sounds like a great yeah, show. Thanks. Um, 
but yeah, you can uh, yeah look it up wherever you get podcasts. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter if you want. I'm at Krang's Dumb Body. Um, I don't tweet very often, but you know. This is also nice. maybe the first uh, plug we've ever had on our show. Probably. Yeah. Seems I'm right. I'm happy to so, do it. I'm happy to plug congrats. you boys. To plug for you Anytime. boys. Anytime. Plug with you boys? I don't know. If only Either they could have plugged that they knife wound. Well, this has been the Rolling Stone Studs. And you know what? Despite death, carnage, and mayhem, the stone just keeps on rolling, PJ. Yeah. And I'll see you Can't be stopped. on the other side of that wave. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thanks for having me. We'll see you all next week. Boys Boys Production.